Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm excited today to be joined by an agency operations expert who was COO at two seven-figure businesses, including an agency and an agency coaching business. Today, she's a consultant for agencies, has served dozens of agencies and coached hundreds more, and she's here to help us understand how to make that nebulous transition from you know project management into operations and really how to install operations in the right way in our business. So with all of that, John Lee, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Likewise, I was so thrilled when you reached out and we connected. I looked at your background. I looked at what you were doing. And of course, the Agency Profit podcast, we talk about operations and profitability. So this was a perfect fit. Now, I've given everyone a little idea of what you do, but I want to give you a chance to, in your own words, uh, describe who you serve and what you do. Yeah, perfect. Um, So I think of myself as the ops matchmaker. What my company really does at this stage is we come to understand what are the critical bottlenecks within a digital business, a lot of agencies we work with specifically, and what are the core bottlenecks and barriers that are preventing them from scaling, and who is the operator that is going to be the exact match to what they need in order to plug that skill set and that set of knowledge into the business so that they can unlock those bottlenecks and so they can scale to hit their goals. So we do operations recruitment and hiring, we do operations coaching and training, um, but all of that is around really just plugging the operational gap in a business and making sure that you as the business owner have the operator you need to scale up effectively. Amazing. And how did you end up doing this? Um, Obviously, you worked in operations for some years beforehand, but what inspired you to go off and start this company? Yeah, what I realized, Marcel, is that operations is just the black sheep of the business family, right? Like it's not sexy. Nobody really touches it. And that doesn't serve anyone because it is essential. But if I was to ask the average business owner to define operations for me, they wouldn't be able to. And if you can't offer a definition of it, let alone understand really intricately how it drives value to your business, you're never going to invest in it when you need to. You're never going to be able to maximize the value that it brings to your company. And even if you do have an operator on the on the docket, you're not going to be able to support that person and maximize their value and their success. And so this like lack of fundamental, just like lack of standardization and understanding around operations doesn't help the businesses, doesn't help the operators. It's not serving anybody. And so the products and, and the company that we ultimately created was designed to solve that problem, which is what is operations? Let's get on the same page about it and let's set the gold standards for what amazing world-class operations should look like in your digital business. I uh, could not agree more. It's it's funny. I You and I, were broccoli salesmen uh, or broccoli <laughs> yeah. salespeople, right? Yes. Everyone else is selling leads and sales yeah. and <laughs> branding and all of that's chocolate. It's very sexy and exciting. And then yes. the thing that everybody needs, which is the broccoli, uh, it's, it's a lot harder to sell. And I don't know if you find this, but you know, people come and see us when the pain is so bad that they can't ignore it anymore. And I think yes. operations is often the same thing. It's like, you don't really start looking and investing in something until it's become the Achilles heel of your business. And, and ops is always the place where that seems to happen. So yeah. you've alluded to something 
something that I think is very important for us to start with, which is what is operations? What is the definition of that? It's such a nebulous thing. I ask 10 different people, I get 10 different answers. What does it mean to you so our listeners can get into the right context for the episode? Totally. So my definition of operations is any action required within a business to optimize a company's use of its core resources. Those resources are time, energy, money, and human potential. These are the resources that are going to work in your business every single day. You have a finite amount of them. Your operator's job is to maximize the ROI, right? Make sure that all of that resource investment is actually generating revenue, growth, profitability. How they do that is SOPs and project management systems and meetings and all of these sorts of tools in the tool belt. But at the end of the day, what operations is, it's efficiency and it's the efficient use of your resources. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the difference between that and project or delivery management. I think in the agency space is where a lot of operations um, people come from. They generally get their start uh, in more of a project management space and typically get kind of plucked up into operations or just kind of get voluntold that they're in charge of that at some yes. point in the growth yes. of the company. Like what is distinctly different about those things and what's the mindset or skill shift that somebody has to go through to be effective in that new role? Yeah, that's a great question. I see it all the time where people are hopping on to like discuss our recruitment services, for example, and they're like, I need a project manager, ops manager. Like they're just using the term interchangeably because in their brain, it's exactly the same thing. If you are hiring a project manager, your the desired outcome of that role is the right work gets done, right? Like that's ultimately the gap you're filling in your business. The right work gets done. You're managing tasks and activity and execution. And theoretically, you're doing that like as organized and efficiently as possible. Operations is so much more than that, right? Like that is, it's like every, what square is a rectangle, but not every rectangle is a square. Like operations is this giant umbrella of which project management is a small component and small skill set. But the desired outcome of an ops manager or a director of operations, an ops specific role is so much more than just the right work is getting done, right? What an operator is in charge of is taking a much bigger view of the company and scale and saying, how are we going to scale to our goals? The desired outcome of an amazing operator is profitability and targets being hit across the entire company. That is such a larger lens and larger scope of work than just the right work is getting done. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think this is where I see a lot of project managers uh, or delivery managers struggle as they move yeah. into operations is yeah. they've historically been extremely detail oriented people. And that's what makes them such a great project manager. Yeah. But it becomes a weakness of theirs as an operations person because they're not able to start abstracting ideas and zooming out totally. and thinking about a system more holistically. And a lot of times that obsession with details is what drives them to um, you know, spend way too much time over engineering process that ends up not actually actually being applicable or doesn't scale well, yeah. um, doesn't last long enough in the business. So that to your point, that ability to zoom out and understand the broader context of the business, make compromises, which I think is like the thing nobody wants to admit about leadership, but leadership mm -hmm. is just about learning how to make compromises. You're never mm -hmm. making the best decision. You're just picking the least shitty one in a lot of cases. And <laughs> right. that just gets worse and worse, the bigger the right. company gets. Right. Um, and so I see that happen all the time. So in terms of skill set development, if I'm a person that's coming from ops or I'm an owner, perhaps that's getting my um, project manager and trying to train them up to lead operations, what are the critical skill sets they need to develop in order to be successful? Oh my gosh, great question. So what they already have because they're in project management and they're theoretically good at that is like organizing people, 
leading and managing teams and uh, like using a system, right? What they need to develop when stepping into more of an ops manager role is a couple of key components. Number one, they have to broaden their scope across the entire business. Project management is totally focused on the back end. It's just fulfillment. An operator is focused across the entire thing. You have to understand marketing and sales and client success and fulfillment and how all these things fit together, right? So the first thing is that they just need to increase their scope and knowledge of the company and start treating to your, I love your word, a holistic system because their job is to optimize the thing in its entirety, right? So that's number one is just like a visibility and knowledge thing. Second, they have to get really good at human influence. Not only how am I gonna build the system, but how do we get people to buy in to using it? Because building the thing is only like 40% of the job. Getting people to actually use the system is the much harder and much more important half of the role. So that's one. And then I would also say like strategic decision-making because their job is not just to now look at the entire company, but to pick their eyes up from the, the current day, the here and now, and start to look forward and ask themselves the question, where is this company going? And when I look at this system as a whole, where is it going to fail? If we have a game plan to 2x sales in the next six months, what systems are going to break? What team members need to be hired or fired? What is like I need to build and reinforce the infrastructure? And so they have to develop the skill set of looking ahead and reverse engineering what that is going to look like for the company as a whole. And then all of the skills that go into actually creating the solutions resort meetings, hire people, build SOPs, reconfigure sales CRM. Like those are all the tacticals that come from this kind of overarching set of skills, which is diagnostic, really. Where are we going and what is it going to take to get there? What's going to break on the way? And I want to double click on a word that you mentioned there, which is engineering. Um, yeah. And I think that that's a really good mental model for what it really means to run operations at scale, because as an engineer, your job is to understand the entire system and the impacts of a change over on one end to the thing that you might not even have thought about over on the other end. And that's really the skill that an engineer brings to the team on, for example, a software team where the CEO says, hey, let's add this feature. And then the engineer asks that CEO the 600 questions that he hadn't thought of when he came up with the idea. I'm speaking from experience here because I'm the CEO yes. in this case that doesn't understand the million implications that that small change has on the entire system. Yeah. And I think that's that's the thing that I see a lot of project managers not really thinking about when they move into operations is they'll go and make tactical changes to delivery process or to HR or to whatever, and they're not taking the time to really zoom out and, and think about, okay, how does this impact the entire system? What other areas of the business might this impact? And that becomes your job. You're the steward of the entire system. You're no longer, you no longer have the luxury of just being able to kind of put the blinders on and focus on your one area of the business. Totally. And the other thing that you mentioned there that I think is really important is that broadening of knowledge. And that, that might seem intimidating to people, but in my experience, one of the best skills that you have as a project manager can be your greatest ally in this case, which is really about going and just extracting clarity from the other stakeholders in the business that are doing sales, that are doing delivery. You don't have to necessarily go and learn all this stuff on your own. You can ask them the questions that are going to give you the clarity you need to understand, okay, what are the gaps in our system and how can I start to build this thing out? So lean on that skill set, which you probably did develop as a PM because you probably had to do a lot of that to get the project plan put together. 
Yeah, 100%. I wouldn't say that project management is a is an opposing skill set to operations, right? Operations is everything that you developed in project management and so much more. And so it's really this opportunity of like broadening your horizons and the skill and the application of that skill and the value that you're bringing into the company. It's a huge opportunity, but you have to recognize it for what it is, which is a massive level up. And your business owner has to recognize it for what it is, which is a totally new scope of work. And you have to be on the same page about that. Otherwise, you're not going to be successful. Mm. So that leads me into another, um, I think, really important question, which is like, where does an operations person create the most leverage? Mm -hmm. And what kind of stuff bogs them down a lot of the time? Because oh I've seen this time and time again, where a business owner starts to see operations as a very kind of tactical and administrative role. Yes. And then the ops person ends up getting kind of just completely like held back by all these little tasks that are really below their pay grade. And they're no longer able to think strategically about the business because they don't really have the bandwidth yes. to do it. So yeah, yes. walk me through what you see kind of holding ops managers back and ideally where they should be spending their time. Oh my God, this is such a good question. So the reason, uh, this is like in my very first module in my operations training program is what operations is. And I give them the definition I just gave you. And then what operations is not. And again, this is for them to understand, but it is also for their team and their business owner to understand. Operations is not firefighting, not inherently, not intrinsically. You might have to do some firefighting as part of the role, but that's not the, that's not the job. That's not the goal, right? Operations is not being an executive assistant. It's not taking notes during a meeting. It's not scheduling your CEO's calendar. It's none of those things, right? Operations is not being what I call the rebound board which is just the person that everyone goes to for everything because they don't know who else to go to, not operations. Operations is not the garbage collector. That's it. like organize, organization and cleaning up messes is part of the desired outcome of efficiency. But your job inherently is not to just go around cleaning up everybody's messes. It's to create the systems where those messes aren't a problem in the first place. They never get started, right? So to understand really clearly, okay, these things might be tools. They might be components of the role. They might be mechanisms for me to do what I need to do, but they are not success. There's no success being a firefighter. There's no success being a garbage collector. You can't grow in that role and your business owner can't support you in that role, right? But creating increasing efficiencies across time, energy, money, and human potential, that's measurable. That's a definition of success that we can drive towards and get on the same page on. And then we can ask ourselves the question, okay, does cleaning up this mess contribute to increases in efficiency gains? Does fighting this fire help me get the data that I need to understand why this fire happened in the first place and how I need to tweak my system or workflow to prevent this fire from happening next time? right? But operations is not just like the shove everything at this person, because to your point, there's only so many hours in the day, that person will inevitably become this giant bottleneck backed into a corner in the business where they aren't doing any strategic thinking and any proactive action, because those, all of those roles by definition are reactive. And you're not setting this person up to drive max value in your company. If you're just throwing everything at them and asking them to react to it, it doesn't work. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to paraquito.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. 
So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Yeah, yeah, it, I, I couldn't agree more. And I see this, of course, with all kinds of different roles, like sales is another one where um, I think it sometimes it comes from the owner having done the role in a way that was inherently tactical and then they project that onto that like that's the expectation and not realizing that like that's what's setting that person up for failure the same way that you were set up for failure when as a founder you had to do all of those things and there's a reason that like you hated it and Mm -hmm. it didn't work and you got stuck and you had to bring this person in and hire them Um, so i think that's an important thing to remember as an owner is like just because that's how you did it doesn't mean that's how it should be done and You know, the other thing to remember about this is like the most productive thing to your point for the operations person to be doing is to be thinking strategically. And a lot of time their job is to facilitate the creation and implementation of these processes. And that's actually how they get the buy in from the team in the first place. And like them not doing tactical work is not a red flag. It's actually it's a really good thing. But we start to conflate uh, a lot of times the productivity of a team member with, you know, the tasks that we can see them executing or how in the weeds they're getting in. And I think that way of thinking is a is a pretty quick path to your point of that operations manager just getting bogged down and either burning out or just not delivering the value that we need them to. And I want to highlight something that you just brought up, Marcel, because this is the biggest shift that needs to happen in the mind of the business owner, I think, to be successful in helping their operator grow and and add value, which is that nine times out of 10 as a business owner, you are thinking about your company through a very non-operational lens. The true value of operations isn't SOPs getting built out and meetings happening, right? It is a unique lens and way of perceiving the company through the lens of systems and inefficiencies and gaps and streamlining, right? It's like a wholly different worldview that they're bringing to bear on your business. And the takeaways that come out of that are totally different than anything you would ever come up with yourself. And so to understand that the job of an ops manager isn't to just replace you, right? Like where you were used to be doing all of these things in the way that made sense for you to do them. Well, now your company's on fire all the time. Everything's a mess. Things are totally disorganized. Clearly you weren't the best operator for the role. Their job is to step in and fully redesign this thing so that there are less fires, less messes. These things don't happen in the first place. In order for them to do that, they're bringing in a whole new set of strategic thinking and the way they approach the role is going to be totally different than how you would have done it because the way you were doing it wasn't working. And so I think the big takeaways are a number one, just acknowledging that respecting that and, and valuing the operator for what they bring, which isn't just a second set of hands a totally new brain and way of thinking about it. And then B, if you recognize that that's not your way of thinking about it, to your earlier point of like, how do I train my operator? Don't be the one to train your operator because what you're going to train them up in is how you approach the role, which we just established is not the right way of going about it, right? So if you don't feel like personally competent and able to train them up in this unique way of thinking and how to maximize it as a lever for growth, go find somebody who can because you're not the right person to mentor that operator and maximize them as a, as a value add. Hmm. It's such a great, uh, a great point. And one that I can attest to, cause I'm very lucky to have a co-founder in the business who is hmm. an incredible operator and also an engineer by trade. And I've definitely had this experience, especially early on in working together where 
I, there's, there's a tension that gets created there and it's a really healthy tension in our business. Cause I have a tendency to pull us maybe, or push us uh, a little bit outside of our boundaries and our comfort zone. And his job of course, is to like protect us from completely screwing the business up and breaking things and letting clients down and like all the things that happen when I'm just left to my own devices and I run in one direction without thinking about it. And at times I can feel like Oh man, it just feels like it's slowing us down and it's getting in the way. But 100% of the time I've turned around and gone, I'm so glad that he stopped and asked that question and double clicked on this and pushed back on this because we would be screwed if we had just done this the way that I wanted to do it. Because I hadn't thought about all these things that were going to go wrong and I hadn't thought about how those things compounded at scale. Um, So if you feel a bit of resistance, uh, I guess just from my personal experience, don't that's not a red flag. It's probably a healthy thing. And it's probably you just kind of being, having the mirror held up to you about all of the shortcomings in your way of thinking about things, um, which is not a slight on you. It's just like your brain probably works differently if it's anything like mine. Yep. A hundred percent. I always say like the vision, the business owner and the operator are like the gas pedal and the brake pedal in a car. You need both to drive safely. Right. And so the gas pedal's job is to just like blaze down the highway. And you guys genuinely believe that if the wheels were to just come off the car, the car would just stop. Like it would just start to fly. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll grow wings. We'll figure it out. Right. Like you believe that the operator's job is to be like, hang on, hang on. We need wheels. Right. And so the inherent tension between those two things is what keeps the car moving safely without the business owner, nothing would ever get done. The operator would slow things way far down and would never, like they would never move forward with anything. We need that in like invigorating energy to keep the ball rolling and moving forward. But business owners also recognize that your operator is there for the same reason you are, which is to help your company be successful. And if you're moving so fast or you have such chaotic energy that the wheels are about to come off the car, listen to them. They are there to help you. So this leads into kind of the, let's imagine you've got this person, it's working out, your business is scaling. Then we get into this really interesting question of how we draw boundaries around the ops manager or COO or whatever their title ends up being at that point. And the adjacent departments that I think they're often seen as as being in the early days. So we're mm-hmm. talking about HR, we're talking about finance, yeah. right? These yeah. these things that feel like they're operations, but like, are they, are they not? How do you split those roles out? How do you think about that progression as the company scales and when to start looking at those things as, as roles that other people should be taking on? Yeah, so I think that this is a decision that the operator needs to make because again, what is their job right now? Optimize everyone's time, energy, and human potential. And that includes their own. Right. So if you as the operator, your time is now getting stretched across HR and legal and finance and all of these things that are like you're familiar with them. You're not amazing at them. They're taking up a ton of time and they are are holding you back from reallocating that energy into your zones of genius and what you know the company needs from you. Things like building a high performance team and managing your leadership team and nurturing talent internally, right? Like all of these really high leverage, important deliverables that you have on your docket. If they're getting taken up by these other departments, what's your job? Optimize it, hire somebody in, bring in a fractional CFO, hire a bookkeeper, like get a recruiter in-house, right? There are efficient solutions to getting your time back. And your job is to always be running that calculation for your time and everybody else's around how do I make sure everyone's time is being used as effectively and high value add as possible. And that includes your own. Awesome. So with that in mind, it's it's kind of inherent in the explanation for what operations is, but 
how do operations managers and operations departments contribute to the profitability of the company? And why is that something that they should be thinking about as within the sphere of their responsibility? Yeah. So let me give you a an example from digital marketing agencies. When I was COO for my seven-figure agency, I would say the average like client success manager or account manager could probably handle between like 30 to 40 client accounts, maybe if they were doing well. My account managers were handling between 180 and 100 client accounts each because they were so supported by systems and automation and like really efficient meetings and really clean SOPs, right? I had built this ecosystem around them that allowed them to be as efficient and productive as possible. And so they doubled the productivity and revenue output per person on the team, 40 versus 80 accounts, right? So if we're thinking about profitability, the salary that I don't have to pay to the account manager that I don't have to hire because my guys are so productive, that money drops straight to the bottom line, right? So when we're talking about ROI and efficiency, all of the savings that you're making across the use of time, energy, money, and human potential all show up as profitability on the bottom line because you're getting more done with less people, more efficiently, more productively, all of that is profitability. Mm. And uh, man, it, ex- exactly, right? <laughs> and, but I, I, I wanna continue on this, because yeah. this is a soapbox, if you don't mind, then I'll pull out Let's and get it. on top I of it. it. I think historically, the narrative in the agency space has been, well, this is finance's job to like know mm-hmm. the numbers and tell us if we're profitable or not. But of course, what we know is that the problem with finance is they're giving us those numbers three weeks after the month is done, looking backwards. And usually it's only showing us what happened for the entire agency, maybe split up by department or something sure. like that, if you're getting sure. really advanced. Um, and then the cost of getting to client level profitability or something, it, it's exponential and it adds a ton of complexity. Yep. So if you think about like, how to prioritize those decisions and how to get into more details of like what departments, what processes, what types of work, what types of clients, like where do we actually need to make these investments? As an ops person, you are in control of all of the levers that influence those things. So to your point, like what influences delivery marginal is three things, delivery cost, utilization, and average billable rate. All three of those are a function of, well, delivery cost is generally a function of how good your processes are, right? How much judgment does somebody need in order to do work? The lower that is because there's better process, usually the less expensive that resource is going to be directly in your purview as the ops person. Utilization is your staffing aligned to the amount of work that you have also directly in your purview and you should be able to forecast that. And then average billable rate is a function of what do you charge and how much time does it take you to do it? The, the efficiency side of that is certainly within your purview as the operations manager, to your point, coming up with ways to do the same stuff faster, better systems, better operations. So understanding that those are the three levers, understanding how to measure those and then understanding how to move those. Yes. Like profitability is your job as the ops person. Yes. And finance is basically a tool in your toolbox for like these high level accurate checks. But the majority of the measurement around that also falls within your purview from my perspective. Yes. It's so much bigger. Like what we're, what we're describing and defining right now is so much bigger than what the average person would think of. Like when I say operations, people are like, oh yeah, SOPs. No, dude. Like SOPs are like one, it's like a hammer in an entire toolkit of potential tools that the well-trained, well-equipped operator can bring to bear in your business. If you as the business owner are restricting your definition to SOPs, then that's all your operator is ever going to show up and deliver. And you are missing out on 
the massive profitability opportunities on the table that comes from their view being restricted, your view of them being restricted, and them not having the other tools in the toolkit that they would need to affect change in all these other ways. Yeah. This has been uh, maybe one of my favorite conversations that we've had. We don't bring people back to the show like ever. <laughs> I mean, mostly because we have a lot of guests in our backlog. But if you're listening to this and you thought that this was a fire episode, send us a message, leave us a comment. Let us know that we should have Jonna back on. Um, but I feel like we could just keep talking for hours. Forever. But unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have hours. So I want to um, give you a chance to let our listeners know where they can follow you if they've, uh, they want to get more of you in their ears or on their computer screens. Where should they follow you online? Yeah, definitely. Guys, the best way to just see my content is on Facebook. John Lee. I'm sure they'll drop a link below um, in the show notes. And if you are interested in seeing more about what it is that I do and working with us, spyglassops.com. That's my company, and we'll be able to help you out, get you the operator that you need. Amazing. So, yes, if you're listening, sc scroll down, show notes. We'll have links to Jonna and all of her stuff uh, down there. And with that, Jonna, any final words of advice for our ops professionals or agency owners before they go back out into that crazy world? Mm. I would just say that ops at scale is the single highest lever for your compound growth. Don't, like, don't sleep on it. Take it seriously. Do the work that it's going to take to educate yourself around what it is and how it can drive value to the business. If you're the person, you're the one out of 10 agency owners that takes the time to figure it out, that is a massive competitive advantage to you that will not only allow your agency to scale to the size that you want, it will also allow you to scale yourself out into the role that you always were meant to fill in your company, which is CEO and not all the other things that are currently on your plate. So recognize it for what it is, which is the secret key to getting yourself the company you want, the life you want, and all it takes is you crossing that own educational barrier around who is this person, what do they do, and what is it going to take for me to get them on my team? Man, I so I have to piggyback off of that yes. and apply some real numbers to it because you make a great point. Like It is the highest investment because, number one, as you know, you make a one or 2% improvement to efficiency that pays you back forever in yes. a compounding way. The bigger the business gets, the more like substantial that return becomes. Yes. And then it increases your valuation because likely it goes to the bottom line, which is the basis for your valuation. And then your valuation multiple is higher because the business is better run. So like the, 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 the numbers behind your statement check out, um, and it does make sense to really start paying attention to this area of the business, especially if your objective is to have either a time or freedom exit or a legitimate exit from the business. Operations yes. is going to be that big, big, big lever for getting yes. that number up. And remember that you are not the person to do it. It's a whole new way of thinking. It's a whole new set of skills. Your company needs you to be what you're genius at, which is leading it and being its CEO. So delegate this because you're not going to be great at it anyway. You're going to rip your hair out trying to figure it out. Learn just enough to figure out who it is that you need put them in the right role and set them up for success and then get out of their way and let them get to work building the business that you deserve. Mic drop. John Lee, thank you so much for making the time to be with us here today. And for all those of you listening at home, leave us a comment wherever you're listening to this. Let us know what you thought and we'll see you on the next episode. Love it. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. 
If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeta.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.
Thanks, guys.